Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, my fine friends. Welcome to episode two of season three of the Tom Petty Project podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Brown. This is the podcast that digs into the entire Tom Petty catalogue, song by song, album by album, and includes conversations with musicians, fans, and people connected with Tom along the way. Today, we're continuing with the second song from Damn the Torpedoes, the evergreen radio staple, Here Comes My Girl. Here Comes My Girl was one of two songs on a demo tape that Mike Campbell had recorded and given to Tom. The other was Refugee. Not a bad pair of tracks, really, is it? Um, Mike had assembled the guitar parts uh, on a four-track tape recorder uh, to a, a drum loop. and We'll talk more about home recordings in a later episode in this season. And then handed it to Tom to see if anything would stick. Tom got the chorus fairly quickly, but really struggled with finding something that would fit for the verses. And Ron Blair had swung by Tom's house one day heard it playing and said, you know, that's a really great piece of music there, which convinced Tom to stick with it. As he tells Paul Zolo um, in conversations with Tom Petty, then I got the idea for the narration, and once I started that, it started falling into place. Great musicians often have several tricks they can dip into the bag to use, and this was a brilliant decision that paid off in a huge way. This format for the delivery of the words also allows the song to be more lyrically dense than it might have been otherwise. Mike Campbell recently said on social media that his mum loved the song uh, and thought that he had written it about his daughter, Kelsey. Of course, Mike wrote the music, not the lyrics, but also conceded that he might have had uh, his daughter in mind when he wrote the music. Mike also says that the song features a technique that he liked to use on a lot of the Heartbreaker songs whenever he could, which was leaving a lot of open string droning underneath the chords. It makes those those chords sound really full and big. Um, so when you listen to that opening chord progression of A, B suspended, A major 7, B suspended, you can hear that open E string ringing through every chord, creating a suspension. The other neat thing about that progression is that the two B suspended chords are played at different positions on the neck to give them a slightly different sound, even though they're essentially the same notes. We then have that glorious treble riff, which is dragged just ever so slightly behind the beat here and there, which sits on top of that progression. As we head into the chorus, the suspension is lifted and we head straight into that E major chord, which is the key we're actually in. And again, it's a very simple E major, A major, E, A, F sharp minor, B progression that is just beautifully arranged and mixed. Mike again adds in a sumptuous little finger picking lick to add a bright colour to the palette. When you listen to Mike talk about this song and break down those guitar parts, it all sounds so incredibly simple. Find the nice chord progression, keep that playing. Find some nice fills to sit in the top end of the register to fill out the sound. Yeah, those little things like having that open E ringing through the entire song, and even those fills, they're simple and yet incredibly musically clever. As Mike says, simplicity is good. The song opens, of course, with Stan's beefy snare drum sound. Uh, in an interview with John DeChristopher a couple of years ago, he says that the sound was achieved by dampening the snare and adding a wad of tissue tape to the head, making it actually quite hard to play. And this is done by engineers to eliminate certain frequencies or overtones that they, they or the producers don't want coming through on the track. Unfortunately, this also meant that Stan had to keep retuning the drums every three or four takes and finding out that often, of the 40 takes that he had done, it was the seventh one that was used. Of course, that can be incredibly frustrating, but when you're shooting for greatness, you do have to accept some blood, sweat and tears. And as I remarked last week, I think that you have to concede that the final product was well worth the effort. That simple drum opening has some very subtle little grace notes added in, and they, they kind of continue throughout the song as well. Whether it's a ghost note or a, a light roll on the snare, Stan is adding to the song sonically and musically. 
the hats are mixed really low, as are the cymbals, so that your focus is entirely on that one two one one two kick snare pattern. It's a really straight time, and, and that double kick also comes in beautifully under that treble lick that Mike plays and accentuates it. One of the things I love about this drum track too is that all the fills are snare and kick only. There's not a single tom note anywhere to be seen on this song. So it keeps that sonic space that the drums are occupying very clean and uncluttered. You know, this is something that Phil Rudd of ACDC is a master of. You know, using the interplay between those two individual drums in different combinations to give a sense of movement at key points in the song. The crash cymbals, like I said, just like the hats, they're mixed pretty low. You can tell that the intent here is to put the guitar and the vocal at the very front of this track. And that kick snare pattern is repeated throughout the choruses before we get to another subtle change from Stan in the bridge, where instead of playing one, two, one, one, two, he goes to a straight one, two, one, two, one, two. So we for that opening five bars before going back to that original pattern. Also during this section, which is commonly referred to as the watch her walk section, um, we're again hearing that suspended E under that little guitar lick. And Stan backing that second kick out really gives that lick a, a much more clean space um, to sort of, it feels almost like it's syncopated sitting in that uh, space that the kick drum now has, uh, has left. There's another strong drum track from Stan that, while frustrating to retake dozens of times, is really well put together in its attention to where the song is musically at any given point. Ron plays a, a picked bass on this track rather than a finger bass, and during the verses is just sitting on that A root note to make those suspended chords that Mike is playing even more pronounced. That interplay between the root note and the suspended E on the guitar gives the song a real lightness and sort of uplifting quality. And where we get a little bass action is in that bridge, where he's playing an arpeggio over the F-sharp major chord in juxtaposition to what the lead and rhythm guitars are doing, uh, and Ben Montorgan also, which are sticking more to the, to the fifths and those suspended notes. So another delicate creative touch that provides a little movement in the bottom end, where mostly up to this point it's been in the top end of the song. So again, this is a song where Ron is providing the foundation rather than taking up any unnecessary space or sort of leading any part of the melody. As I said in episode one of this season, I think that Jimmy Iovine did a, a truly fantastic job on this album of mixing Benmont's keyboards far better than they were on those first two albums. The organ is brought up in the chorus at just the right time, and then is more clearly in the mix for the rest of the song. And again, sitting on that A in the verses in lockstep with Ron's bass line. We then get a gorgeous piano part in the chorus that acts as a counterpoint to the fill that Mike is playing. The same basic note progression, but at, but at half the time. And they're cleverly pitched in the same sort of sonic space, so you sometimes think you're hearing the piano playing the whole thing or the guitar playing the whole thing, and it's not quite sure which instrument's playing which note. Um, and Benmont then plays another much more prominent ascending progression of root fifths through that last verse to give the song another emotional push into that final chorus. And this isn't just Benmont writing a really good complimentary melody to bounce back and forth with Mike's guitar. It's about Jimmy Iovine's understanding of exactly where that sits sonically and getting the mix exactly right. The piano also has that nice heavy reverb that just softens it out that little bit. Vocally, this is another Tom Petty tour de force. I was talking last week about the phrasing and very specific cadence that he employs on Refugee and his full range of ability is also on show in this song. Um, we get that low, drawled narration in the verses, that build to a searing climax in the second eight bars of the verse before dropping into that beautiful, beautiful chorus. Again, the intonation and phrasing is superb. Those very drawn-out vowels in time and more, which make the song feel different than it would if they were sung much straighter. And similarly, that W at the end of more rather than an R. So more becomes mo.
Alrighty, it's time for this week's Petty Trivia. Last week, I asked you which all-girl band, primarily famous in the 80s, recorded backing vocals for the track Waiting for Tonight, which was part of the Full Moon Fever Sessions and subsequently released on the playback box set. Well, the song featured the vocal talents of Susanna Hoffs, Debbie and Vicky Peterson, and Michael Steele, the original lineup of The Bangles, who had recorded their album Everything, featuring their huge hit Eternal Flame, around the same time that Tom was recording Full Moon Fever. Your question for this week is this. Which live album was released as a limited edition vinyl LP for the 2011 Black Friday Record Store Day? Okay, back to the song. Here Comes My Girl is a straight-up love song set over a great swing. Um, whereas a lot of relationships on the first two albums were either strained or maybe one-sided, here we have a protagonist declaring his love in absolute terms. Against the backdrop of uncertainty in life, she is the one constant that is all he needs. As I commented earlier, it's a lyrically dense song, with the first part of each verse setting up the, the frustration or anxiety of everything else in the world before, you know, passionately extolling the virtues of this relationship. And you think that that line, here comes my girl, that line alone is loaded with so much weight. It expresses pride and thankfulness, eagerness, anticipation, all in four very simple words. We also get that classic line, watch her walk. Again, such a simple phrase, but so powerful and loaded with imagery. Once Jimmy Iovine had heard Refugee and Here Comes My Girl, he said, I don't need to hear anymore. Those two songs will carry the album. Going on to admit, I never listened to side two of any album. I'm only interested in the hits. It's incredible that those opening two songs were written in the same week by Mike and that Tom came up with two of the Heartbreakers' most memorable lyrics to go along with them. The single, amazingly, only reached number 58 in the US, but was a regular part of the set list, including being almost ever present on the 2001-2002 tour. As the band were in the early stages of touring Damn the Torpedoes and were shooting the video for Here Comes My Girl, Tom was hit by an unexpected setback. The production crew were using oil-based smoke machines, which the band was breathing in all day during the shoot. And unfortunately, at the next show in Philadelphia, Tom got about three quarters of the way through the show and his voice just quit on him. In Warren Zane's biography, he recalls that I'd never given a second thought to the condition of my voice. Singing was just something I did. But the next day in Philly, midway through the show, my voice started to quit working and 75% of the way in, it was gone. I couldn't make a sound. That's scary stuff for a singer fronting a band who had just released the most important album of their career to date. A couple of nights later, after losing his voice completely before heading on stage in Boston, doctors told Tom that it was laryngitis and he'd have to rest up for a few days. The problem turned out to be tonsillitis, but thankfully Tom made a full physical recovery and Damn the Torpedoes had a long and hugely successful tour across the latter half of 1979 and the first half of 1980, cementing Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers' place in the rock and roll firmament. Okay, folks, that's all for this week. Uh, like Refugee last week, I have to give Here Comes My Girl a perfect score. I mean, pick any part of this song in isolation. Again, it's, it's just perfect. Every single part is exactly as it needs to be. So going back to simplicity, it's a whole that is so very much greater than the sum of its parts. It's sentimental without being schmaltzy. It's musically interesting without being muddled or over complex. And it's one of the most universally loved songs in the catalogue. A very, very easy 10 out of 10 for me. 
Um, I'll add a link in the episode notes to Mike talking about how he wrote the guitar parts, as well as a link to the interview with Stan, where he talks about recording the drum track, because I think you'll find both of those things interesting. Don't forget to follow me on Facebook and Instagram at The Tom Petty Project and on Twitter at Tom Petty Project. You can always find me, of course, on YouTube as well. Uh, So go follow, like, and subscribe. And again, please leave a review or a rating if you haven't done already. Um, Please talk to me on social media. Um, I love chatting about the the podcast or about Tom in general or anything else that's going on in your lives. Um, I've met some wonderful people on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. So anything you want to ask me, um, I almost always get back to you within the day. Um, as a reminder, the Tom Petty Project is not affiliated with the Tom Petty Estate in any way. Um, and if you're looking for Tom's music, please visit the official YouTube channel first to, uh, to try and find what you're looking for. And you should also check out TomPetty.com and go browse some of the, the merchandise uh, on the site. Until we meet again next week, keep listening to and sharing Tom's music. Try to be kind. Try to say I love you to someone at least once a day. Stay safe and healthy. And I'll be back with you next week to talk about the third track from Damn the Torpedoes, Even the Losers. Bye-bye.